In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your Tuesday episode. How the heck is everybody doing? Man, that Monday episode was a long one. We had a lot to cram in. So hopefully you're joining us here today as well. Hopefully, whenever you're listening to this, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, today is going to be another great show. I got, to, uh, I got to talk to two guys who I love. Uh, Evan Real and Danny Murphy, um, and they host and uh, the Page Six Virtual Reality T E A podcast, and uh, they're just great. I mean, they get to talk to all the housewives. You need to listen to their show. They're also their live shows are second to none. I'm hoping to be able to get to go to one, but I've listened to them and I've seen all like the video footage, and I geek out on it so hard. And it's uh, I was on their pod. So I did mine first and ours is 30 minutes and then I'm on their podcast, which I don't know when that comes out, probably sometime this week. So hopefully go over and listen to their podcast. By the way, I think I did better on their podcast. I only had 30 minutes. So I was like, you guys know how I get. I was like, I was so amped up trying to cram everything I wanted in and we didn't get to a fraction of the things, but that's a really nice whole 30 minutes of Bravo. And then also today what you're getting uh, you're getting a full recap of the Kardashians, the second episode of this season of their Hulu show. And I don't want to hear anybody groan. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. You don't have to like the Kardashians. I've always said I have a love-hate relationship with the Kardashians. And I look at them in a way of we can, we have to be able to laugh at the Kardashians. You have to. So it is very silly like all my other recaps. You know what? I haven't done it yet. I think it's going to be silly. We'll find out. I mean, there's, you know, we might get sad at times. No, I, I think it's going to be pretty silly. I wish Scott Disick was in it more, you know, so I could do my Scott. Hi, I'm Scott. Come on, Chloe Joe, let me on the show. Courtney doesn't even want to be here. Let me on the show. So you have a full recap over there. So listen, and also I always say this, the timestamps are there so you can listen to this your own way. If you want to skip to the interview right now with Danny and Evan, do it. If you want to start with the Kardashians, do it. You know, uh, follow your bliss is what we always say here. Do we always say that here? Okay, we we say that as of now. So it's a jam-packed show, as always. Uh, A couple of things. Um, I'm going to be covering the rest of the Kardashian season over on the Patreon. So patreon.com for patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good so if you're if you like this recap if you if you like this little taste go on over subscribe to the patreon we also do roni recaps over there and i did a tom sandoval breakdown of his podcast episodes it was pretty in depth probably more in depth than it warranted but you know 
we go above and beyond. Um, so, so go over that. Um, also, let's see here. What else? Uh, yeah, r- rate five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That really does help. It's really nice if you have something nice to say. Uh, but, you know, what's so cool about podcasting? So many voices. If you don't like this podcast, there's going to be one that you like. There's so many choices for you guys. It's probably overwhelming, I would imagine. I, I sometimes love when people will be like, I listen to yours I, and then like list 30 other podcasts and Bravo podcasts they listen to. And I'm like, oh my God, how can your mind fit that much? I can barely handle just watching all of these shows and talking to you guys. I I mean, I will only listen to uh, other podcasts when I have them on, you know, or when I will well, listen to clips or something like that, because I'll get two in my head. And then I'll be like, am I stealing ideas? Am I taking somebody's idea without crediting them? I always want to try to stay as true to my own voice, even if I'm wrong, which we know I'm, I'm never wrong. Did you know Tom Sanzel? Did you know Ron Bell is never wrong? I can't believe that. You know Tom Sanzel is in a jacuzzi with Raquel? I can't believe it. <laughs> Dude, I got to dress up as Ken for Halloween and just stumble around at doors. Did you know Tom Sanzel is in a jacuzzi with Raquel? I can't believe that. I can't believe what? that Tom Sanzel had Raquel oh. over when Ariana's away. I know. In the ju- jacuzzi as I well. What? I can't I know, believe. I know, I, know, I, know, I know. I like Lisa. I know. I know. I can't believe in the jacuzzi. I know. I know. <laughs> Just imagine me and knock at the door and you open it. And I'm like, you know, sometimes always the jacuzzi call Snickers ball, please. I can't believe that. You give out little tiny Snickers ball, cover full. Cover four Snickers bar. Can't believe that. Sometimes, <laughs> oh my god! I think I do. I think I do have a Halloween costume now. I would have to shave this glorious beard that I have. Oh my god, you guys! My beard keeps getting whiter and whiter. Oh my god! Too much Bravo stuff happening. It's making me completely old, and I guess a lot of the trauma in my life right now. But who knows? So you can uh, support us over on that. Um, also, we uh, we started a sub stack, which has recommendations for what to watch, what to listen. I mean, what we're currently watching, listening to, eating, all of that stuff. Maritza put this together and uh, I thought it was great. So sign up. You can also keep track of like port- important events in the show and things of that nature. And it's free, which is like the best. That's the best price. You can sign up at so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey dot subs dot substack dot com. Sobstack. Sobstack actually probably fits better for me. Sobstack.com. Okay. How are you? Are you good? I haven't checked in with you guys. It's a lot, right? Man, I did I got the worst sleep ever last night. You know, I have you know, I'll have these nights where I'm I'm sleeping good, and then last night hit me like a ton of bricks, and I was just tossing and turning and worrying about the world, as I think we all are right now. And my dad, like he was not sleeping good. Last week, and then I, you know, I got here and uh, he, you know, I gave him, t- I gave him, I gave him NyQuil and he never, and NyQuil knocked him out. And then last night I took it a step further. I introduced my dad to melatonin. I was like, dad, take melatonin. Here's melatonin. And I don't use this uh, a lot because it does make me groggy and I forget that, but I gave him a trazodone as well. So I, I mean, I like knocked this guy out. I gave him uh, melatonin and a trazodone. And I mean, I think he's sleeping better than he ever has in his life, potentially. Um, It is so funny being here with my dad 
um, he was working on, he teaches um, like Bible study to kids. He's been doing this for a bit now. I don't know if you are, are new to the show or not, but he would talk about this or mom would talk about this and come on and he takes it really seriously. It's like, you know, today he spent all day just going over lesson plans. And I mean, it's why it's like eight or nine kids. And I, I mean, I, I was like, now I know where I get it. Like he was walking around nervously, like talking to himself and, and, and go, and I do that when I prepare for interviews and I was sitting, he was like having me print out things for him. And I was very proud and I thought it was really cute. And I would just, but I just love that he was, he takes this so seriously. So he's out there now. So I can actually uh, record with the door open and scream about the Kardashians. I love that he's teaching kids lessons and I'm like, <laughs> Kim's got big boobies. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, I, I, I made a really, uh, fumbling, I was fumbling through my feelings yesterday about the, uh, the crisis in the middle East right now, uh, between Israel and what happened with Hamas. And I've been reading so much and I, I will say, and I hope this doesn't make people uncomfortable. I know it makes me uncomfortable. So it might you. And, uh, there's a lot of, sometimes people just shut up and dribble, shut up and talking about Kim's big butt. But this is a show where I do talk about my feelings. I talk about all of these things and I talk about things that scare me and things that I don't understand. And this is something I've really uh, am trying to grasp. And it goes so far back. I mean, there's biblical undertones to all of it, but just the history of this whole thing. And I, I, I get really scared going on social media because sometimes social media will take the humanity out of everything in our lives. And we have to really kind of keep a strong eye on that because uh, it can get you mad just by re you know, it's like, you're not meeting somebody face to face. Anybody will say anything behind their phones and it gives you a real scary look at society. And you have to remind yourself that not, not that, that that's not necessarily society is what we see. Society is me and you society is who you talk to every day, who you help out every day, who you make laugh every day, you know, who you pick up when they fall down. That is hopefully what society is or can be or should be. Or, or what I would hope it would be. But I read this, this uh, I saw this on Patton Oswalt, the comedian's page, and this rang true for me. I'm going to read it to you guys, and uh, maybe it'll ring true to you. But uh, th this made some sense to me. Uh, he writes, It is absolutely reasonable and logical to be opposed to the Israeli government's treatment of Palestinians while si simultaneously calling for the protection of Jews in Israel and around the world. Hamas is a terrorist organization that is attacking civilians by land, air, and sea. The images of kidnapped Israelis are shocking and devastating. Given the thousands of years of persecution of Jews, please know that your Jewish friends, even if they are not in Israel, are hurting and are fearful when things like this happen and non-Jews are silent. I understand many of us are afraid to voice an opinion because the crisis there is so nuanced and hard to understand, and we are afraid of saying the wrong thing, but we can and must always use our voices to denounce terrorism and the senseless murder of civilians. And that made a lot of sense. And I, I mean, I'm sure a billion people could argue with that even statement right now, but we have to start somewhere. And, and I, I just refuse to believe that the answer is just resound hate. And it's hard because I was reading things. Well, you know, they, they deserve this because of this. And I was just thinking, man, if, if I accidentally die in some kind of terrorist attack down the line and then people um kind of brush over you know my death or whoever died with me 
because they're like, well, it wasn't his fault, but you got to understand. Da, 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 da. I just think it's so wild to take that kind of humanity out of it and not. And, and by the way, this isn't comparing tragedies to tragedies. Tragedies happen every day. Obviously, we've lived through them. Uh, but Hamas is a terrorist organization. And literally, I mean, one of their slogans is death to the Jews. Um and I have so many Jewish friends in my life and, and uh, people that I love so, so dearly. Um, and uh, I, I, it's something uh, that I've been thinking about since it happened a couple of days ago. And, and I don't know if you have the same confusion as I do or if you're pretty resolute in your beliefs. Um, but I wanted to say that. And I know this is a comedy show, uh, but I do tell you a lot about my personal lives, personal life, my fears, what I'm going through right now. And it's just something that I wanted to to mention. And I uh, I hate that I I don't know. I, I think that goes away a little bit more with you guys after this long where I can say things like this and realize, you know, at the end of the day, I want good. And I do know this is a heavily nuanced situation that uh, I possibly will not be able to understand the depths of over a weekend. Uh, but I do know a lot of my friends uh, have been scared and I've seen a lot of the tragedy that's happening over there. So I wanted to throw that out there and hopefully we can all send our positivity and pray for peace. Um, I, I, that sometimes can be such a feeble thing, you know, just pray for peace because it seems such a non plan, you know, it's like, okay, just pray. Oh, now what? Um, so anyways, I wanted to do that. Listen, I'm going to make another hard pivot like I did yesterday to get off of that which will always, you know, we'll carry that through us still um, for the rest of the day and the week and the times to come. But listen, we got other news too. Right before I recorded, TMZ is reporting that Shannon Bedore, that's right, <laughs> going from Hamas to Shannon Bedore. Shannon Bedore is, um, this is wild to me. She, uh, the headline says, Shannon Bedore getting treatment after DUI arrest, dot, 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 still doing stand-up. So this was a question we had last week when I was talking about the reunion. And I said, will she be still doing the Trace Amigas comedy show with Vicky Gunvalson and Tamara? And it says, Shannon is getting herself some treatment after a recent DUI bust, but it's not preventing her from going on tour with her fellow castmates. Sources close to Shannon tell TMZ, that source is probably Tamara. Uh, she is taking responsibility and accountability for her arrest and is currently enrolled in an outpatient behavioral wellness program and alcohol component. That's a lot of words. Uh, we're told Shannon still plans on participating in the Trace Amigas comedy show. And although alcohol has been a big part of their act, Shannon won't be drinking and they're adjusting the show to focus more on their friendship. Teams. I love that there's a major overhaul to the trace. This is like Beyonce and Taylor doing like a new song at their tour. Like we need to overhaul the Trace Amiga show. Like a Trace Amiga show. I hope it's just Vicky and Tamara just downing shots and they like dunk on Shannon. Like what's up, puss? What's up, pussy? You can't handle your booze. Like how are they going to rejigger the show? Like what is going to be? What are they going to do? Like a Golden Girls bit or something? Um. Anyways, I, I found that interesting, but I also thought, okay, so that means she will definitely be at BravoCon, right? If she's going to do those shows, then she definitely will be at BravoCon. That was a big question in my mind. Listen, do I think this is the healthiest thing in the world? I don't think I do. Uh, would I do this? I don't, I would hope I wouldn't. I hope she is truly getting this outpatient help. Um, uh, I hope 
She was not pressured into this in any way. And I hope she realizes we all love her regardless of if she showed up on the road or anything like that. And, and I just, I mean, and also just the thought of, is this really a potential problem alcohol in her life that this could exacerbate being around this? Um, and, uh, I don't know. Those were the questions I had when I was reading that article, but I, I thought, wow, that's, that's ballsy. I really thought she would pull out. So I'm so curious what she actually is going through. And, um, I hope everybody has her best interests, uh, at heart, including herself. I really hope she does. So we can only take her by our word and we'll see the second part of the reunion tonight, actually. Right. No, that's Salt Lake City's tonight. We'll see the second part on Wednesday night and we'll be able to see how that season closes out. But remember, that happened 10 days after, as they told us in the black and white announcement before the scene with Gina, is that this happened 10 days before that reunion was shot. So who knows? We'll see. Life is complicated, isn't it, folks? Uh, okay, let's get on to our guests. Danny and Evan from Page Six Virtual Reality. They are amazing. You're amazing. And then stay tuned after this for a full recap of The Kardashians, Season 4, Episode 2. Bye. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, you guys, welcome back to So Bad It's Good. Today I have two people. Uh, listen, I've talked to one on this podcast before. The other one is their first time, and I love these two men so much. What oh. they do for pop culture, Bravo, reality shows are so, so, it can't, it can't be discounted. They are at the forefront of all the things that we love and talk about. Ooh. Their podcast, which I highly recommend you subscribe and rate five stars right now, is Page Six's virtual reality, T-E-A. Do you see what they did there? And they talk about everything. They talk about all the shows, the, the gossip, the inside information. They had Countess Luann this week. I mean, really, truly 
incredible, incredible work. And it's it's shorter than mine. Mine will be these three-hour opuses. These guys get you in and out in like 40 minutes. It's amazing. <laughs> but also what's amazing about them, they do these live shows that will blow you away. The virtual reality, the ones that they've had so far. The last one, Sutton Strack admitted to doing mushrooms with Mick Jagger in that area. They had Carl and Lindsay on before the breakup. You had Candace, Uba, Cy, everybody that you could possibly want to see live. Anywho, here they are from page six, Evan Reel and Danny Murphy, or Cashmere Danny as we know him. Welcome, gentlemen. <laughs> oh my God. Hi, Ryan. Thank you for that wonderful intro. Wow. I, my head is inflated. Oh, yes. I, listen, I, I know Danny, obviously, before this, but I came up to Evan at the Vanderpump Rules finale and I was like, I love you, man. I love you. I was like, because I start my day off reading page six. It's just one of those go-to things. And you're also an entertainment reporter at page six. So you're always getting the good news. I saw you interviewing Candace just yesterday. I mean, yes, I chatted with my girl Candace while she was out here in LA. And yeah, I, I like to keep it moving and shaking and, and talking to whoever I, I can. Well, how did you guys team up? How did, how did you guys get paired together? It was during the pandemic, where I feel like now everything just happened during the pandemic. Well, it's right now it's like LA before that, like two people talking in LA, New York. Like, I don't know how technology was so advanced, but they were like, that could never be anything because like podcasts have to be in person. But Evan started at page six and then we just like would talk so much about pop culture and housewives and everything. And then kind of like all of our bosses were like, this should be something, which was like, you don't really hear that a lot from like, bosses which is great and then they let us make it something i mean and 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 what is your goal when you go into these shows are you uh are you coming into this as because obviously this is your job but you're also a fan of these shows what do you want to convey to the audience what do you hope that the experience that we get out of it i mean i feel like danny and i just want our listeners to feel like they're hanging out with us and uh, like just I don't know, because like you said, we are fans. So it's honestly, it's just like a stream of consciousness for me and Danny to sort of uh, get our opinions out there and see if people agree with them, which I don't know. I We don't really check the comments a lot, so I don't know if they agree with us or if they're vibing with what we're saying. I hope they are. Well, do you guys agree with each other on your Bravo opinions? Is there some place where you've completely gone separate? Like, uh, you know, it's Evan, are you a big Sandoval guy? And Danny's like, no way. <laughs> We'll do, okay, fun, funny story about Sandoval. I actually was accidentally a big Sandoval guy for like the past like you year are. and a half prior to Me, yeah. Scandoval because, and this like, I don't know, I, I don't know who I should apologize to, like the page six audience or to Sandoval himself, but <laughs> I went to one show back in 2021, one of his first, and I interviewed him and at the time, like, it was like Vanderpump season nine and Vanderpump was kind of like not very exciting. And I honest, and with Sandoval, he's not really, he was never really like involved too much in the drama until Scandoval. So I didn't really have much to ask him about. so I was literally just asking him about music and his like cameo on the Hills from 2006. And I, I ended up writing this like, very like Rolling length, Stones level. Yeah, like this very lengthy music feature. And I gave him like a, a glowing review of his concert, <laughs> etc. And then I kind of became like Sandoval's best friend. And no, then he I became like the Kate Hudson and almost famous. Like he was full groupie vibe. Like he <laughs> like, literally 
glasses. It's all hot. Yes. And he then was I, like, so he was doing Tiny Dancer in the middle of Hotel <laughs> Cafe, you know. Ba- uh, basically, basically. Yeah. Uh, wait, that's that's where his first show was. That's where I was I there, was. Evan. In fact, I was there, and I remember you had an interview him beforehand, and then it was like the – I read the piece. In fact, I, I read that. I was a Sandoval groupie. Like, I was oh. – I saw more than oh. The Grateful Dead. I was going – it was like – it was wild. But that's what's so funny is that I was – I so believed – I mean, that's the other question for you guys. Do you get so enamored with these people mm. once you meet them that it's hard to actually be, you know, somewhat a reporter on something because you're enamored by them? I feel uh. that happens when it's like people you love that like you love them together, then they start fighting. And I almost want to be like, I need to like sit, th- we want to like sit them down to be like, can you guys get along? And it's like, no, they're filming a show. And also they have their own drama and I don't know them. But like, I don't like when like two girlies that I love start to like spar yeah. with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, it's, it is like a weird thing when like we, I don't know. I I'm so easy. Like if you just like give me like a half of a compliment, I will love you forever. So you could have done the craziest shit on TV and you could be the most like cancelable person in the Bravo verse. If you're nice to me, I'm team you. <laughs> and so it, do, it does get hard. Like I remember I'm, like I was on Santa Monica Boulevard one day and Shannon Bedore and Kelly Dodd were like, in I the was mid- like Shannon Bedore wrecked into you. Shannon Bedore hit you <laughs> in the car. Like, <laughs> no, no I, I didn't really have any interactions with Shannon, but Kelly and I like locked eyes from afar and she was like standing in like a sea of gays and she was like just relishing in it. And all the gays were relishing in her presence and like, we made eye contact and I smiled at her and then I forgot about all the heinous shit she did. So it's like, you might have like watched her doing like an outside conversion therapy. Like, you're like, she was surrounded by gays, locked eyes with me. And suddenly I left my fiance of 10 years. Weirdly, yeah. I was like, no, why am I with a man? Yeah. I feel See, like this, eyes. this is what Danny, Danny will like put me in my place and get me wrapped up and all together because he will drop some truth bombs that I so desperately need. Like I didn't oh. realize I was experiencing a reverse conversion therapy. With it's because you guys are living in LA. I live in New Jersey. I don't trust a single bit. You keep it real. The Jersey yes. people keep it real. Yes. You just break glasses and get into fights, but keep it real. Um, that's why I laugh when people are like, oh, my God, that happened. I was like, you never went to school lunch? I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it is interesting covering this stuff in pop culture as a whole is that you really get involved. And, like, it encourages mm-hmm. fandom. Like, uh, pop culture only exists because of fandom. But then it's like, this is my sports. Like, I have my mm-hmm. team. And if you if you don't play well, I get upset. Like, last night we had the Real Housewives of Orange County uh, first part of the reunion, which we found out it's only going to be two parts, which I kind of – I'm. I'm happy that Bravo is not extending it to three or four like they sometimes do. But you have all of this stuff. Like right now, we are in the midst of Shannon Bedore and hoping that she is well. And and, But then last night, she had this insane scene with Gina where Gina really rightfully came at her because of the CPS. Yes. I got it. I got it. I got it. Welcome to the show, Gina. Thank you for waking up. Like, what were you? What was your guys' take on last it's night? If you Red saw Bulls. it, it's the Red Bulls. It's the Red Bulls because she's sober now, and I don't drink, so I just chug Red Bulls. You shout randomly, and I loved it. And we, me and Evan, we love Gina so much. So yeah, I loved yeah, I mean, Gina being really front and center at that reunion. I feel Andy was looking at her, kind of like, oh, 
Okay. Oh yeah. Isn't it funny that we actually mm-hmm. assign Andy to that of like the kingmaker in a way? And I don't mean it in a negative way like Bethany Frankel will Frankel will like to uh <laughs> I was say, like, is I that mean, what like, we call her on this podcast? I, I call her Bethany Frankel because I always be like, Oh, she's Franklin up a storm this week. Like she really Frankled it. But it is interesting, you know, when they do have good performances, I have you know, I'm so in invested now that I'm like, wow, is Andy really impressed right now? Like is he like we gotta give her a little something extra next yes. season? Yeah, no, he's like, he's, I feel like he's a good barometer for a housewife's performance. But I also, I love how, like, even though Andy seemed to be feeling Gina in her uh, reunion performance, it's not like Gina gave a shit because a few weeks later, she's clapping back on Instagram. Like, I, she has found her power and I love that for her. And she made some really good points. I feel like Gina's in her point making era Mm. and she's just like ready to address. The BS, because what Andy said, that was some BS. And what Shannon was saying, that was some BS too. She's cut so through I mean, it. That is something like, and, and as a, you know, somebody that works for page six and I've, you know, it's so funny. I went to New York and I was buying the New York Post every day, the paper of note. Like I act, because it's something that I just grew up with. And I always, oh. so it's funny. It was like the Sunday, the first thing I opened up, I see your two page uh, interview with Brandy Glanville. Ah. I was like, oh, look at this, a two page in the middle of the New York Post. And I, I was like, how do you guys... You know, this question for both of you, how do you approach these where you're a fan, you want to have fun, you want the audience to have fun, especially at your live shows, but you're also looking to get a little something that somebody else doesn't have, that a little piece of information that can be picked up, that you can push out there. How do you guys, this is a question just I want to know for me, how do you guys go about that? That it is a little interesting dance that we have learned to do. Um, it like, yeah, cause Danny and I, especially like on the podcast, like, I feel like we wanted to feel like a safe space for talent to come on and say yeah. what they want. And, you know, we like, they become the queen of our castle that day. Like say what you want, say mm-hmm. how you feel. We're going to be clapping for you. Yes. Queening the whole way, but your enemy might come on the, the podcast the week after, and we're going to be yes. Queening them too. So, you know, we're, <laughs> we like, we don't. It's hard not to have favorites, but we like truly make an effort not to play favorites and just sort of like give them an opportunity to spill whatever they want to spill. With the Brandy thing, that was like an interesting situation because there was no way we couldn't address the elephant in the room, which was Caroline Manzo. So that, you know, that's that's what that was. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I, well, but by the way, now Brandy <laughs> just had to go to the hospital last week. Like Brandy I seems know. like there is, I mean, it's interesting because these people start to feel, and this is probably, you know, wrong, but they start to feel like family where you're like, yeah. oh, I, just, I want everybody to be okay. That's I want, very true, it seems yeah. like this is taking a toll on her. Um, Danny, how do you know though, when you are on the right path with somebody, is it all about just making them feel as comfortable as possible so that they open up completely and give you these little nuggets? I'm still cracking up at the Sutton mushroom story. Like I watched that like 30 (laughs) times because I was like, how, how not Sutton and Sutton at the same time to do mushrooms, uh, Mick Jagger. That's exactly it. It really was both not Sutton and just like the most classic Sutton story. No, I feel like it's what Evan was saying. It's like, you want people to feel comfortable and heard. And then I think a lot of it is like, doing the research, not just as a fan, but like of what they enjoy to talk about and what they're really like things they might want to get off their chest. And also like to tee them up in a way where it's like, so we've had like sigh on so many times, but then we just are having Jessel on next week. And we're like, so, but it's like, so we're like, Jessel, we talked to Sai so much and like we vibe with her and like we X, Y, Z, but like, why are you guys like, what is happening with you two? So kind of letting them 
know where we stand too, to kind of give them the opportunity to be like, well, this is maybe what you don't see. Uh, that is what, or what I want to get my point across. Or they also realize it's like, oh, I'm only on a show that's like 50 minutes a week. I want to address it a little bit more. The Sutton thing, the moment you're talking about, I wish we could take more credit, but I think that also is the trusting that like, let these ladies who are so captivating, entertaining, just do their thing. And like partnering her with Cynthia Bailey, like the most, like the best she friend loves Cynthia. of all time. She loves Cynthia. They are like star-crossed lovers. And I feel that was just like a thing where you need to kind of just rip up anything you have planned. Cause they just came out and started talking for 25 minutes. And it's the easiest interview me and Evan ever did because we're like, we don't have to ask a single question. Yeah, that's the thing too. Like our live shows, Danny and I will like put our blood, sweat, and tears into like prepping questions and stuff. And like I would say 84% of the time we don't even look at our note cards. We just like let it rip. (laughs) I mean that's what uh, my acting teacher used to say when I tried used to try to be an actor was that it was like you prepare so much so you can get in there and just throw it all away. You know, if right. you are prepared like you guys do. And that's why these live shows, you guys, they're doing a number, another one December 6th. It should be on sale soon. And you know they're going to have an amazing guest list. The, the, the guests at these things are just mind-blowing. And it's kind of like an intimate environment. And, and there's always something that they're going to be talking about or we're going to be talking about as a Bravo audience for like the next month. So you need to get your tickets to oh. December 6th. I hope I'm going to be able to be there. Yes, but it, it's be. just, I mean, truly awesome. I really... I, I keep talking to the batch. I was like, this is so amazing what they're doing. I, I, I keep pointing out. I was like, you guys to me are a blueprint of really oh. what, I mean, no, I mean, I, I'm sorry to kiss your ass so much, but oh. you get me excited <laughs> no, as a kissing. fan. <laughs> no, you get, you get me excited. Like I, I, oh. I mean, these shows like, so yesterday, Evan went, or maybe the day before when you interviewed Candace from Potomac, we've got a new season of Potomac coming oh. up at the beginning of November. What are you looking to get out of that interview? Or was there something revealed or was there, is there any teases you can give us with that? So actually I went to go interview her for a style piece. It was like pretty much like all about fashion. And it happened to be the day that I interviewed her was the day that the trailer dropped. And so I couldn't not ask about yeah. the trailer. And so I uh, I asked her for just like her general reaction, which Candace, she <laughs> is the queen of sound bites. So she, like, she really she, is. She is just a wordsmith. So it, it, it was funny what she had to say. But then I, so Danny and I had Ashley Darby at our last live show and yep. a very astute audience member asked a very great question. And that was if, she had maintained her friendship with Cookie Monster after the video debacle, like the the big fight that everyone saw on social media. So I didn't want to press Candace too hard about it because I know we have a whole season to get through and I know they're weird about like teasing, et cetera, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But all I asked was, how do you feel about Ashley saying she no longer wants to be friends with Cookie Monster after that fight? Um, and then she, the, the floodgates just opened. She told, <laughs> she told me everything. She told me how they made up, how the season ended. I was like, Kim, oh, she told me too much. She told me, too much. she told me who dies in the season. She <laughs> told me who like, <laughs> um, as a Bravo fan and, and what you guys do yourselves. I mean, we really are headed into the holidays, but also potentially the worst work couple of months of our lives. Because there is so much. We got married to medicine. The trailer just dropped. We got Potomac. We've got um, uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills coming back. We have Selling Sunset new season. We have probably three more Taylor Swift yeah. albums and a lot of football <laughs> games to cover. What are you guys? I mean, and also BravoCon, which I'm sure you guys will both be at, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That'll be in, <laughs> in like, Vegas, yeah. which like, yeah. well, Vegas is just like not my place. So I'm very curious to see if that becomes more true or less true while working 25 hours a day and like with 2000 Bravo liberties there. So I'm very, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what to expect for it. No, I think Vegas is going to be so amazing, especially for Danny, because very weird. I, I love a medium. I love a psychic moment. And I, I, I do a medium reading with my girl, Valerie, like every year around my birthday. And two birthdays ago, she was like, who's Danny? Who's Danny the comedian? And I'm like, oh, like my co-host Danny, like we work together. And she's like, yeah, well, he's going to have a big moment in Vegas. Like that's where he's going to get discovered. And so, so we were just like, I was like, when, are, when the fuck are you going to Vegas, Danny? And then so finally, BravoCon's in Vegas. And I'm like, Some, something good is going to happen for Danny in Vegas. I just know it. I know it. Danny, we- Danny's going to bet it all on Blonde in Vegas. He wants to announce right now he's opening up for Erica Jane at her uh, play- her uh, Planet I, Hollywood oh. Bar and Grill residency. I'm be- adding the post with Captain Jason. Yes, that's on the Premium Plus Plus BravoCon app. Check your app. Refresh it. It's a Monday activity. Yes. I mean, it is one of those things I'm really like excited, but I'm scared to go because it's just yeah. your body goes through so many. I went to the New York one and it was, I was at the Gansport where they were all staying and it was just 72 hours where I was like, I could, this could go great or I could die by the end of it because it's just so much, it's so exactly. much for your brain to, to conceive that all of these Bravo celebrities are just walking around like real human people. And it's also somebody cause like on like the day one, everyone has their fit perfectly planned. Everyone looks so good. And then Sunday it literally is like Dawn of the dead. Like everyone crawling out. I don't even know what I like. We're probably all going to be just in sweatpants on Sunday. Just like, Who's what's happening now? Yeah, yeah. yeah just I, I just let just get it over with. Just show the yes. just show the premieres and let's go. Also, the amount of glam squads that are going to be taking Vegas is going to be insane. Oh, it's going to be insane. And also, I'm upset because like there's like so many residencies I want to see right now that like I'm like there's going to be no time to. I was like I want to see Usher <laughs> and Kylie Minogue. I know. By the way, <sighs> I. I wonder what they're going to do, though, in terms of Vegas to make it a, like a little Bravo. Like, are they going to like project Bravo on the sphere? Are they going to do something to like welcome oh, BravoCon? That would be amazing. Like, I all of a sudden I just got like a flash of like Candace throwing a butter knife on the sphere. Yeah. Like, can you do like, like it's- Or like Teresa flipping the table on the sphere yes. or Aviva throwing the leg. Like any honestly, of those things ooh, would be amazing. And honestly, Vegas is a place where like everyone just smokes inside. So I think the housewives are going to love it because yeah. <laughs> they're going to just Great. be like, that's going to be they're just going to be displaying that. It's just going to truly be chain smoking and putting it out into the closet. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, Moving (laughs) to Beverly Hills trailer. The Beverly Hills trailer uh, came out and I really, uh, you know, it's interesting. The uh, the audience, you know, we're so, um, we think everything is a conspiracy now. We think everything's yes. like, oh, this is so, oh, this is so fake. And I'm here going like, I don't, I, I'm very jaded. And I'm like, I buy it. Like I buy, I mean, like it, it seemed really sad. You had the scene with Kyle and Portia and the kids, like, you know, obviously all crying. And I thought that was great. What, what was your take on the trailer? Mm. What were you interested to see for this new season? I'm just trying to put together like, context clues for timelines and stuff because i i i was at kyle's event she had she had a mental health 
awareness charity event where Morgan was actually performing at. And that night I asked her because Mauricio had said something on two T's in a pod, like the girls had tried to come for their marriage and talk about her not wearing her ring to the gym and it was all good, no, no issues, et cetera, et cetera. So she was very much in her like unbothered era being like, yeah, they wanted to make a big thing about me not wearing my ring to the gym, but like who wears their engagement ring to the gym? And I was like, oh yeah, I, to- I, I totally get it. Like the girls are reaching, whatever. And she just seemed like totally like unfazed. She and Morgan looked friendly, nothing, nothing to raise an eyebrow about. Um, and then maybe like two weeks later, I was at Dorit Kemsley's Homeless Not Toothless Gala. I was covering the carpet. And Kyle and Mauricio walked the carpet together. Oh. Kyle looked... It's the separated, oh. not divorced gala. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, and and they, they were giving separated, but not divorced because they, they oh. did the carpet together. And Mauricio was very like... Um, he was more PDAE with her, like very much like on her. And, yeah. and she was like very like... She was just a little stiff. I don't know. The vibes, huh. the vibes are a little, a little off, but they were yeah. still like, you know, a pair that night. So I don't know. I'm, I'm scared that it's going to be a situation where it's like, we picked up cameras. We, we filmed an amazing season finale in two weeks and we're just going to be waiting for that. So like mm. kind of like, you know, Wait. Vanderpump season 10. But I'd say all the little snippets in between do look fun. Cause I'm like <gasps> here for like, Garcelle and Erica being little like two little pals. I don't need like this dinner reunion and all this stuff. I'm confused how many episodes that's going to be because that was a big part of like you mean with, with Denise uh, and everybody with Denise and and yeah. uh, Camille. Camille, Camille and Cam. I'm like I don't know how many episodes that will be because that was a big moment in the trailer. But I'm here for them that like everyone's kind of like it seems like everyone's on a light vibe with one another. So it's not like a whole situation again where it's like well, we're mad at them and we're mad yeah. at them. And now it's like, okay, everyone's going to have little petty feuds. Kind of like how OC was this past season where it's like, everyone's just mad at someone else for an episode. And I love that. I'm like, yeah, I mean like <laughs> little basic things. And that's kind of like why yeah. I like Roni right now is I like back to basics yeah. of fighting about phones, fighting about reservations. I like those base Cause if you can set that foundation, then when the shit really gets crazy, we are invested in these mm-hmm. women for just the sake of their friendships and being women, not these, we've, we've got to get away from like the scandal and like, who's going to jail this season. <laughs> exactly. Like it's so intense. Right. Wait, speaking of Roni, are you, I'm, I'm assuming you're, are you team Jessel? Yeah. yeah. Listen, I think, no, I know you guys are Psy fans, but I think she should spell her name S-I-G-H. I'm tired <laughs> of her. I'm, I'm sorry. I got to go hard. I'm sorry. She's very, she comes up very mean, obviously very hungry. There's a tapeworm thing happening there, but I just, it's, it show. I think it's so judgmental when it, it and also the creator, the uh, influencer aspect of it. Sometimes I get a little tiring of somebody saying they're an influencer and this is how hard I work. It's probably the truth, but I guess I just want different stories that take us out of like the influencer realm and for just some basic kindness when you don't have to be mean at everything that Jessel does. I know it's also hard because I feel like there's a lot of times because it's all their first times on reality TV. So I know when it's like, I kind of feel like she might be in the moment where like when I tell my friends like, okay, wait, take my photo right now. And I take photos. I'm like, I love my fit. I love the backdrop. And I look at the pictures and I'm like, this is what I look like. This is how I'm coming across. I could see if it's a little bit of that. Maybe she's like, Oh, I said all that. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. 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 I'm curious to see how it changes her or mm-hmm. if she like doubles down. Cause a lot of housewives will double down. 
Exactly. Well, she she just did an interview with Bryce Sander, and I I, I was very Bryce. interested in the way that she handled some of the questions because she she doubled down. She he was like like Do you have any? He didn't say regrets, but something to the effect of Do you have any regrets about how you handled that uh, the lunch with Jessel and just how you navigated the relationship with Jessel? And basically, she said no because mm-hmm. there are a lot of nuances that the audience doesn't get to see so she doesn't seem to regret it she doesn't bad edit take a it's bad, bad edit yeah. Bad mm-hmm. edit. yeah i don't know what? i do feel like i feel like sigh and the thing about sigh in person it's such a different experience so different. than sigh on the show and i do think that she might <clears throat> make some adjustments going into the next season to like hopefully transmit some of that in-person energy that danny and i have felt yeah well, even though bow and yang hard- wants are gone yeah, God, Bowen on Watch What Happens Live was intense. And the Giselle comment that Bowen said, too, was like, I was like, damn. And then he, no. he said it with a straight face. And like, it was like, I was like, damn, this isn't even a joke. This, this, no. There's no punchline here. And now I'm a green-eyed bandit, so I'm not going to come on out. Well, listen, I, I've, watched, I I've, I've, I've listened to more episodes of Reasonably Shady than I've watched SNL lately. But that's all I'm on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I don't want to feud with wow, Bowen, Bowen Yang. Feud. Bowen page six feud. Let's go. No, um, <laughs> uh, you're right, though. It is interesting, though. All of these ladies, like we said, like I would love – it's hard doing like what I do and like popping off at the mouth about like my opinions about watching the show, but the show in real life are sometimes two separate things. It yes. is a version of reality. So yeah, sometimes I feel bad for having strong opinions, but also I also realize when I meet them in person, most of these people are just so lovely and nice. Yeah. Like I was on Melissa Gorga's show and she was so great. And like, I like Teresa. I don't like getting in the middle. I, I even said that to her on the show. I'm like, I'm scared about doing this because <laughs> the fandom is so, in- and especially Jersey. Yes. I, I, it's like, is it okay to like Margaret? And is it okay to like, uh, is it okay to like everybody? Like, I, do I have to pick a side if I, I can appreciate things about both teams? Like, it's so weird. I now. hope this season of Jersey makes it a little less that because from like, I feel like it's now maybe just a coexisting that like maybe new fandoms will far off and get mad about, I don't know, Danielle and Jennifer sides or something. I have no clue. It's crazy. Also, wait, really quick. I know we had to wind up here in four minutes, but uh, Lisa Barlow, she's an example of somebody talking about Psy. She's somebody that I think she doubles down, but I love she's so Lisa Barlow that even when she's wrong, she's right for me. (laughs) You know, like I'm just like, wow, she's so unapologetically herself and she loves herself that it's hard to you could you could pick apart her opinions and beliefs. But at the same time, she's truly showing who she is. And I. I appreciate that. Does that make sense? That Yes, that does make yes. sense. I just want to shout out Lisa Barlow for whatever tanning salon tantrum she had because I relate to that so hard. Like I'm someone who when I need my spray tan, especially for an event or a special occasion, I need my spray tan. And if you are open for 30 more minutes, you have time to facilitate a 10-minute spray tan. And it, things would also escalate for me, too, if I was in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I hope that she's found a better spray tan place because it was the same place that Meredith went to. And Meredith was complaining about the splotches on her arm. So oh, you know, okay. maybe, maybe Lisa won in the end. But we need that. They have to have, like, video. Like, this tanning salon oh. has to have the black and white video of Lisa Barlow like, 
I can't believe you're not doing this. Like it's just yeah, like biggest yeah. gulp in hand. Yes. <laughs> but the way, page six needs to get in there and get that video. We're, I mean, we're on it. We're on we're it. We're going to figure right. out what tanning salon it was and we'll, we'll, yes. we'll get it for you. We'll, we'll do some stuff and we'll find the 60 G ring. We'll find a way. Oh my God. So many things cost 60,000 in her life. I mean, the fact that she, I mean, she's going to go broke this season if we don't find that ring. Two broke girls, yeah. Uh. Um, but I'm loving Salt Lake. I, I'm really excited Love. about what's to come for everything. Uh, two last questions. Erica Jane, so we were talking about Vegas. Will you be going, going to see the $7 bet it all on Blonde? Because she even had that comment to Denise in the trailer of like, did you know you can get a nude bundle at Denise Richards for $7? And then we find out her tickets are at a oh, very, no. I think page six even did a story on this. Will you guys be going to see this show? Wait, if there's time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I I love Erica Jane as a pop artist, and I have gone to great lengths to see her perform live. I, before she was even Housewives famous, I knew about her music because there, I I love my Britneys and Christinas, but I also love my incredibly obscure pop girls that like only gay men in very niche circles have heard about. And at one point, that was Erica Jane. So I yeah. was in New York City. I was 18 years old. It was like my first year living there. I think it must have been like, maybe I was 19. It was like 2010. But Kim Zolciak's Don't Be Tardy had just come out and she was performing at Splash. And that was exciting to me, but her opening act, Erica Jane was the opening act for Kim Zolciak at Splash. And there was nothing, there was nothing that was going to stop me. So I located- This is like Woodstock for gay people. This is like- Literally, literally. So I I located a fake- (laughs) I found myself a fake ID. I made it happen and I had the time of my life. And I shared this story with her when I did the Bet It All on Blonde um, junket with her. And I, uh, I I wanted to go to the press night, but I unfortunately cannot go. So I do yeah. want to make it out, especially if it's only $7. Like, come on, yeah, I'll go, I'll never, go three I've, nights. I've never seen her live, but I love the advocating she's doing for menopause side effect awareness, too. Very important. Very important. <laughs> very As someone important. who's also been suffering from yeah, that this year, I think. Um, yes, very important and crucial. Very, I mean, very, yeah, very stunning in the photos, the new photos a, that we're seeing of I'm her. I'm a woman in STEM, yes, I agree. Very, I, I support that. Yes. Very, very curious where this all goes. And finally, because, uh, listen, at this point, would you guys have Bethany Frankel on your show? Yes. 100%. 100%? Please. Please. I actually would love that. Yeah. Can you but even if she berates you, even if she be, yeah, but you should be, should be like uh, this. Oh, you guys I, don't get it. You guys don't get it. I can't explain it to you. I feel and don't be right. I, yeah. I'm a Taurus sun with a Scorpio rising. If someone wants to berate me on Zoom, <laughs> let's go. Because <laughs> Danny will berate oh, her right back. I'm I mean, on the East Coast. Let, let's go in person. I'm going to the Hamptons right now. Face <laughs> to me to the gods on okay. our little photo shoot together. I mm-hmm. need to see because page six. I, I I like I I try to stay away from like Bethany News because it'll just hit you regardless if you're looking for it or not. But yeah. page six will always. I try to page six will always hit me with a Bethany story every day, and mm-hmm. I, I I fall into this trap every day where I start commenting on the page six Instagram. I'm like, no, this is what she's got to know, and that's. It, it shows why you guys are so successful is you get that thing where it just gets me activated immediately. I, I will say I do see your comments and I appreciate I them. Thank you, thank you for it. engaging. No, it's me at my lowest. It's me at my lowest where I am so upset. I'm like, don't do it. I, I've stepped away from the phone. I come back and I'll be like, at another thing? This, it's so, this is why it's so great. This is why their show is so great. This is why they are so great. So you are going to go subscribe right now to Page Six Virtual Reality, T-E-A, 
go leave it a five-star review. These guys are stars. In what we do, uh, they are just two of my heroes. And I get so much information and laughs from them on the daily. And thank you guys so much for being here. Evan Real, uh, Danny, you're just amazing. I'm going to put all of your information, all of the... You know, I just really appreciate you guys. Thank you guys. Oh, well, we're excited that you. you're going to come on our podcast right yes. now. Too. Right we're now. That. That's why i got to rush to get yeah. you guys off so I can get on your guys. So <laughs> yes. hopefully this will be one of many appearances, but please, I really appreciate please. you guys. Yes. Oh, appreciate yeah. you. Okay. Appreciate we'll you. keep the party going on virtual reality yeah. now. Okay, folks. Now it's the time. Now it is the time to talk about those goofy kids over in Calabasas. The one, the only, the Kardashians. Uh, I was saying earlier, we have such intense feelings about the Kardashians. And what I implore people to do is take them with a grain of salt. I mean, pay attention to them. You got to watch them. They're sneaky. But take it with a grain of salt. And also look at the huge. There's so many humorous things that they still do that can be poked fun of, that can be questioned. And I think legitimately this iteration of the show, the Hulu show, is top to bottom better than those final seven seasons of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, where they would give you a dash of reality. Um, I said dash, like their their uh, their their clothing store that no longer exists. Can you believe that their clothing store? Imagine if it was out now; it would probably be gangbusters. They had like this series of failed businesses back when they started, and look at them now. Like Skims has a four billion dollar valuation right now. Think about that. Kim's own personal uh, net worth, I believe, is like valued at one point seven billion right now. Like it's it's insane, and you gotta laugh at it. You gotta laugh at it because otherwise you'd cry. Because I have close to zero dollars in the old bank account. Kim, if you're listening, hire me. I can I can write jokes uh, about you to poke fun at yourself. It'll be totally cool. Uh, listen, I'm going to recap this, and then the rest of the episodes that I recap will be over on the Patreon. So if you don't like the Kardashians, you don't need to worry about it. I'll still talk about it on the show like I always do. You, you have to. I mean, they really are one of the biggest things in pop culture. Whether you like that or not, you have to accept that at this point. They are not going away. And if they even go away to some... I don't know, in some fashion, they're still fine financially. Nobody's going to be broke in that family. It's just too big to fail at a certain point, unless one of them actually pulls an actual Kanye. Um, Kim, Kim, Kim got out at the right time. Uh, imagine Kim wearing a t-shirt over her head in Italy right now, or being told to wear like a futon cover around her body. Yeah, Kim, Kim. Wear this couch pillow around your stomach. Like she she really had what's looking to be some of the best years of Kanye's life. And I don't wait and, and don't get on. I don't blame Kim for how Kanye is. No, no, that is a that is a mental health issue. Um, and that's why we we take mental health very seriously here. That's why I'm on antidepressants. That's why you go to therapy. That's why all these things mean so much is because you can see the flip side. Because, man, if Kanye could get his mental right and not be filled with hate. I mean, you know, I mean, was involved in so many amazingly creative things that really moved me in, in earlier parts of my life. And it just, man, it bums me out to see him with that t-shirt over his head, just spouting sometimes just nonsense, nonsense. Why am I screaming? (laughs) Anyways, Angelina Faye took these notes for this. Thank you, Angelina. I wanted to plug her Substack. 
Uh, you can find it at www.angelinafay.com. That's A-N-G-E-L-I-N-A-F-A-Y.com. It's a free Substack as well. I subscribe to it. I dig it. I'll put it in the show notes as well. But thank you, Angelina. It's really hard. Like I've watched this episode of the Kardashians twice. So yeah, I do work, folks. <laughs> but it is so much better when somebody else can take the notes for me. I'm uh, as I get older. It is just. It is one of the things, but somebody asked me, will you do Southern charm recaps? I was like, yeah, if somebody takes the notes on them, yeah, I would be happy. I think it's like, I'll get, I'll get sucked into the show. It'll take just so long. Anyways, enough of that. We got to talk Kardashians. So last week or like a week and a half ago, the first episode premiered and it was awesome. I thought it was great. Started off with that Courtney Kim fight where Courtney pretty much you know, called Kim an asshole and a thirst monster. And then Kim was like, we have a not Courtney text thread where we talk shit about you with your friends. And it was just like, that was the first scene. And then all the family goes to Cabo except for Courtney. And it's just, I mean, we find out that Chloe is scared of whales or we're reminded that Chloe is scared of whales. I mean, so many amazing little moments. These moments crack me up so much. It's like they're striving to still be normal people so much and they just aren't. They just aren't. And it's so weird. It's like, I have to remind myself how, in terms of time, this all happened in the last 15, 16 years. Like, guys, if you put 15 or like our lives can change on a dime. Like nobody would have predicted this. Remember, if Lindsay Lohan had turned down the reality show that E wanted her to do initially, keeping up with the Kardashians would have never gone on air. It was Lindsay Lohan turning down her own reality show on E! at the time, and they were scrambling for something. And Chris had been been in touch with Ryan Seacrest, who produced the show, and it was just these meetings. All of these things have to line up in Hollywood for something to happen. And, you know, it is that's why success and fame and all of this stuff, it, it can be so glamorous, but the underneath it, there's so much hard work and failure and all of this crap that goes into it that you're you're blown away that anything can get made when you actually know how the sausage is made. It's just, I'm shocked that they were able to turn that into this. And I have to hand it to Kris Jenner. But it is wild, man. Some of the shit is just wild that these people go through. Now, this is a wildly uneven episode where you've got so, a lot of Chloe Tristan stuff, but then you have Kim going to Harvard to talk to business school. I mean, we live in a simulation. I mean, 16 years ago, nobody would have thought Kim Kardashian would be at Harvard. Like, If, if you told the Harvard people 16 years ago, hey, Kim's going to teach a class here one day or come in for a class, they'd be like, is this Stavry? What are you? What? Wait, huh? It is wild. So you have that, and then you have Kim working on one of her innocence projects, uh, trying to free a man from prison. Like all of these things get jammed into an episode. You have Corey and Chris's awkward romance where they go to Giorgio Baldi, and he's like, "Yeah, Chris, yeah, I want to smack that booty." <laughs> so weird and they just jam it all into this show but it's it's filmed so well i think it's ben winston's one of the producers on this and he does just a really amazing job uh it, it's kind of in that selling sunset selling the oc vein where they shoot it so uh film-like and the music is there it, it just it, it 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 begs us to take it serious you know it's like you need to take this seriously because look how beautiful it looks so let's get into this the episode two is called when is being me gonna be okay <laughs> i didn't even know that was the title 
When is Bean Meg? I don't know, man. Who are you talking? Which character is even this referred to? Any of them? It's not going to be okay for any of you to be you. Let me just, it's not okay for any of us to be any of us. Come on. So previously, previously on the Kardashians, and we saw that trip to Cabo, Kim lets us know she doesn't want issues with anyone, but then we had that phone call at the beginning where she's like, we're on the not Courtney text thread, bitch. And then we have Tristan still living with Chloe, but they are not back together. We, they need us to know they are not back together. He is only living at that house in her bed, in her booty hole. That is the old, no. we know he lives there, but they are not together. This is a big infomercial to let us know that Chloe is on the market. Please, please, everyone, we need to agree on this. So the show starts and we're at Chloe's house and we're down what I assume is like a basement, like a finished basement. And it's like just so decorated beautifully, holiday lights. She's setting up like drinks and like this huge charcuterie tray, which is so sad because you know these charcuterie trays, they never get eaten at a Kardashian household. It's like seeing all of those jars of cookies and candies. And you're like, oh, what a waste. Like people, that's why I will never get invited to a Kardashian house because I would get in there. I'd be like, can I get into this? Hey, does anybody have Tupperware? Like I would bring my own Tupperware like I used to do at El Pollo Loco to steal their salsa. And I would just steal just whatever because they always have freshly baked goods. And you're like, what a waste. What a waste. Like, do the housekeepers get to go home with that stuff? Do they get to take that to their families? Anyways, there's a martini night for the family, I guess. And Chloe's having it. But you got to see this setup, man. She's at this bar and behind her, you see all these bottles unopened of every liquor imaginable. You can see on the right, like when they do a different angle, there's like a whole, whole other, like a glass door area where it looks like it has like a wall of chilled vodka. I mean, just like rich people shit, you know? And uh trash can walks, I'm sorry, Tristan Thompson walks in and the producer's like, hey, Tristan, how you been? And Chloe instructs him of like, it's okay to talk, Tristan. Just talk to the talk to the barrel of the camera. And he's like, okay, okay, all right. I'm doing okay, yeah. You know, life just throws a monkey wrench at you sometimes, you know? And I will say, I want to remind everybody, and I do have a lot of sympathy for him, is that his mom passed away unexpectedly. And he has now gotten full custody of his brother, Amari, who is severely disabled. None of that is funny or anything to joke about. I do find, and I said this last year, the timing of this... The timing of this was weird because I thought Chloe, I was like, if Chloe wanted to be out, it's like that Godfather three of like, I try to get out and they pull me back in. You know, this happened and, and, and Chris Jenner and the family swooped in and pretty much took care of all of Tristan's need, took her, took uh, his brother in Tristan in under Chloe's roof. They cleaned uh, his mom's apartment or like, I mean, they talked about this last season. It just seemed like they went above and beyond. And I will say like, it is wild when you go, you know, just going through my mom's death recently, you know, the people that come in and they just like, just start doing things. You don't even ask because you don't even know what to ask. It's such a weird time. And we're still in that time to a degree. Uh, it is weird. Just me and dad walking around this house and you're just, it's just, you know, my mom used to fill up so much space in terms of just sound, in terms of sound, not just her oxygen means machine and all that. But even before that, she was always just such a lively presence and, me and my dad would exchange looks, you know, be like, oh my God, she's on one of her rants again. We would exchange these looks, but now it's weird because we would kill for, to be able to exchange those looks. Now we look at each other and we're like, oh God, we have to talk to each other. My God, what, what, how does that go? How does that work? So anyways, 
Um, Chloe is in a confessional and she's like, in case anyone missed the finale of season three, I wanted to bring you guys up to speed as to why Tristan is here. I love that she's already sort of apologizing to the audience. Like, I, I bet you're wondering why he's still here if we're not together. We get a flashback to Kim and Chloe last season talking about Tristan's family issues and Chris telling them, well, everything happens for a reason. And it's like, you don't want your mom, like you want your mom to say, yeah, everything happens for a reason, but this man will not be staying at your house after what he's done to you repeated times. I don't care how many children you have together. So we're back in a confessional and Chloe's like, Tristan is now responsible for his brother Amari and they're living at my house right now while the construction is getting handled. Back to Tristan and he's like, it's always good when you have family with you to have your back and make everything better. So it's a process. That's how I look at it. And he's right, but I do wonder sometimes how deeply he actually is self-evolved enough to think that he is really elongating Chloe's pain, that he's really putting himself in front of her. And he's so cocky, I believe, that he's still like, I can win her back. I can win her back. And it's like, you shouldn't even try to win her back. You should realize you do not have the tools to be able to give somebody like Chloe or potentially any woman in your life what they would need in terms of love. You might be a good guy in all of these other facets of life. You might be good to other basketball players or Drake or or family members, but you were not able to give Chloe what she potentially wanted, you know? And I don't think, you know, I don't think he still is in that place. But I always wonder if he if he feels guilty in a sense for potentially holding up her process of healing. Uh, Chloe in the confessional says she feels overwhelmed and stressed. And she's like, at times, but I'm not the one that's going through the most pain here. So being very selfless and saying Tristan's the one going through the most pain. It is hard, though, when you start judging levels of pain, you know, when you're like, well, my pain is better and more intense than this person's pain. It's the weird way to look at things. Chris now arrives with Corey. And Chris hugs Tristan, like literally, oh my God, I want somebody to look at me the way Chris Jenner looks at somebody that's cheated on one of her daughters. I mean, she just lights up from inside. She's like, oh, oh, you've caused her such great pain. Get in here. I want a tighter hug. I love it. She's also brought a martini sommelier with her to, to uh, make the martinis. Chris Jenner, by the way, is a famous for smoking and loving martinis, loves her vodka from everything that we've been told. And Chloe goes, I have never had an olive in my life. And once again, she said, never had an olive. I think she meant never had a martini because I'm like, what the fuck? She's scared of whales, scared of olives. I think martini. She's never had a martini in her life. And they cheered to Chloe's first martini. And Chloe's like, oh my God, she tastes it. It is like rocket fuel the first time you have a martini. And then you just got to not give up. You got to drink it until it becomes normal and natural for you. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so she drinks it. I, by the way, I love martini. My dad likes martinis too, Uh, like a martini. And I know this is sometimes, you know, against the classic martini, those, uh, the stuffed olives, Ooh, a a good stuffed olive with blue cheese and a very ice cold martini, a vodka martini, just a hair dirty, 
just a little slight. I don't love it over. I don't like it really dirty. I don't like just drinking pure salt, but it is, it is, it can be delightful. It can be like, by the way, I, it's now been eight days since I've had my last drink. I'm not, I, I'm not even, that wasn't on purpose. It's just life's been so busy that I'm like, well, I've not been to have a lot of time where I can enjoy a, a nice drink. So yeah, why do that? Why do that? Just to keep up with the Joneses. Anyways. She's like, mom, my God, this is horrible. No wonder you're drunk all the time. Now, Kim pulls up and greets everyone. So I love everybody's like, hey, there's all like just going mansion to mansion. And Kim says that she, Chloe and Chris are dressed for three different parties because they're in different outfits. Kim's like, ah, I want a jello shot. Kim says she's still definitely the lightweight of the group, but she can get wasted from just two shots. Cheap date, gentlemen. <laughs> and she's like, it's so much fun. Seriously, I know you guys believe me. Ask Beyonce if you don't believe me. I danced all night long at her party. I think I blacked out. Uh, Kim, could you bend over? I think you dropped a name over there. Do not use Beyonce in your talking heads. Do not. Do No, 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 no. Kim, you might be a billion. Do not. You do not, you are not able to invoke the name of Beyonce. Like, ask Beyonce, okay, give me Beyonce's number. Let me ask. I would love if I texted Beyonce, like, uh, Kim question mark. And she'd be like, girl, you don't even get it. She would not leave. Uh, she was shit can. She was trying to rap to Jay Z's songs. He was like, this is weird. Do not sing N words in Paris. That's horrible. How dare you get like, it would just, I just imagine Kim just overstaying her welcome. Um, because she's just so excited to be around Beyonce again. Uh, she's like, yeah, I danced all night long, but I woke up to so many text messages and I, I was like, Chloe, look at this. What did I do? What did I do? And Chloe was like, oh my God, you were dropping it low. And I was like, no, I danced all night long, you guys. And I had no idea. I love it. You guys live, laugh, love. You don't even know. I was crazy. And Beyonce's, can you imagine? <laughs> Anyways, leave me alone. Um, I just, I love that her... This show and her life right now is just one gigantic wish fulfillment. It's just one other, like, just amazing thing to amazing thing. Like, but also I want to remind people, Kim's a horrible dancer. There was one time, do you guys remember when she was at a Prince concert years and years ago? Rest in peace, Prince. I love you so much. I think about you every day. She got pulled up on stage by Prince and Prince asked her to leave the stage when she started dancing. Kim is not known for her dancing. And you can, I think that video is actually on YouTube, but he was like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. If Prince tells you, you can't, you can't dance and that's fine. We all have our things. Um, true. Now the kids get there. True. And, and Tristan's like, Tutu. <laughs> all right, Tutu. You're another one of my keys for being able to stay around Chloe. What's up? Um, true and dream walk in, they give hugs to Chloe and then Chris, but Chris actually begs for a hug. Chris is like, you got to give me a hug. Come here. You're my little revenues. You're my future little revenue earners. Come on. I mean, she's training the future generations of Kardashian Jenners. So she was like, you got to be good with aunt Chris. You got to be, I mean, aunt Chris, grandma, Chris. Anyways, Tristan picks up the kid, spins him around. I wonder if this is so natural for Tristan or if he he like amps it up for Chloe. Like, look how amazing I am. Because at the end of the day, remember, uh, Tristan still has one kid that we know of that he still hasn't met. And I'll, listen, you can be mad at that mom all you want and think she, she entrapped you. But that doesn't matter. You still have a child. 
You still have a son that has not met you that will now be raised with daddy issues because of you. And if you are in the spot that you're in, especially after dealing with the death of your mom and seeing how that affected you, I think you would be running to be a part of this young boy's life so he does get raised in a well-adjusted environment. Dude, you chose not to wrap it up. Like, Kristen is allergic to condoms. We know this. And you chose, you you know, you you played, now you pay. And, like, this could be a blessing. But to, to not meet your son is just so gross. No matter what you think of this woman that you had this child with. It is just so stupid. Logic just fails people sometimes. And it's like, especially if you are blessed to be financially secure, not only with his career, but just being around the Kardashians, like they'll take another kid in. Are you kidding me? Chris is like, let's put him in uh, the Kardashian Hulu boot camp. Let's get him a spinoff. Anyways, the producer asks Kim, uh, hey, what's your relationship with Tristan? And she's like, ah, I know you guys are going to hate me for this and you're going to hate us and you're going to thank Chloe, whatever. It's just so crazy because he's such a good friend and he's such like a good like dad, but he just couldn't get it together in that area of like being a faithful boyfriend. So it's like you want to obviously hate him for that. Yeah, of course, his actions and who he was like so fucked up. Like, I can't deny that. And we've had our talks about it. and We've had our fights about it. And we've had our arguments about it. But he's also shown so many decent things and just has been a really good person and friend. When he saw me struggling with my kids, he stepped up. He started showing up to games. He picked Sane up, takes them to dinner, and will always come to my defense, especially if it's stuff with like me and my ex. And I just like never forgot that. So it's like, I'll never really throw someone away and act like I don't feel like they can grow and evolve. Kim, that's amazing. But I also want you to realize you're Kim Kardashian. Of course he's fucking going above and beyond. Are you out of your mind? Listen, I would run to you right now and take the kids to dinner if you called. Are you kidding me? Of course he is. Like, oh, he really stepped up? Once again, hasn't stepped up for that kid he hasn't met, but he stepped up for you, a billionaire. Yes, that's amazing. And it shows also how small the Kardashian circle is, that they only really have a, like a handful of people they can even rely on in this world. So like people like Tristan, people like Scott, who I love and who I've grown to like more and more, um, you know, they still stay in their lives because their circle is so small because of how successful they've, they've gotten. But I just think it's funny of like, he's done like, okay, great. Like he went, like he went to like the hardware store and picked you up something you needed. Great. Like we could all do that for you, but it just realized he's doing that because you are Kim Kardashian. Anyways, Chris asks what's going on with uh, the brother Amari. And Chloe, you know, well, Chloe says that we were at the hospital today. So Chloe is going to these doctor's appointments. And it makes me worried because, like I said, uh, of course, you know, you want this child, this kid to be, you know, have the best of everything to take care of it because he has the worst kind of seizures imaginable. He can't really communicate. He's stuck in a, a wheelchair. And, you know, his life expectancy is not long. And you want to make sure he is well taken care of. And you know, the Kardashians will be able to do that. And especially when Kris Jenner gets involved. But like I said, just having Chloe at these medical appointments, it's one of those things where it's like, Tristan, you eventually got to move into your own house and have him there. And, you know, it's one of those things of keeping Chloe in there. Even if Chloe says she wants to do it, which I'm sure there's a part of her that does, it's sort of unfair in certain ways 
Like she's going to all these doctor's appointments. Like can Tristan handle this shit on his own? Like, listen, I, I hate to keep bringing this up, but me and my dad, it's like, we're like two knuckleheads running around trying to get things done. Like, you know, it's like two guys, like we can't equal even one of my mom of trying to figure things out. We're like, okay, we want to rip the carpet up and redo this. How do we do this? Like my mom would have a plan. She'd fucking get it done. And we're having to learn things like that, you know? And, and, uh, you know, we depend on women in our lives and that's an amazing thing, but that's the thing I think I get mad about in this situation because she probably was always like that and he still did what he did to her and not just once, multiple times. And that's when it's weird. And like, I'm glad Kim is so evolved that he can be friends with Christian, but it's like great for your evolvement and being able to do this. But it's, I don't know. It's interesting. I I think also being really filthy rich helps you be more evolved and uh, think differently about people and their actions, but who knows? I'm not rich anyways. You know, they're talking about uh, Amari and then Kim is like, anyways, I'm going to Harvard business school to talk this week. (laughs) And he's like, Tristan's like, make sure you get some stuff at the gift shop. She's like, don't worry. I've already called the gift shop and I have so much stuff on hold. Like Kim probably bought that bitch out. Like Harvard gift store was probably just wiped out. Kim just bought everything Harvard, which I just, it's just so funny. Kim's a collector. Remember, I would call her a hoarder, except she's rich. So she's able to actually store this stuff properly. So it's never got to a hoarding element, but her stockpile, her, her storage warehouse of everything she's ever worn and everything that Kanye's ever had is amazing. They've shown it on the show multiple times. Anyways, Kim in the confession was like, just the fact that a business that I started is getting studied in a business course at Harvard is just crazy. And then she's like, yeah, then I jet off to Ohio to meet Kevin Keith, who's serving a life sentence in prison. She's going to be speaking in a panel with attorneys and family to raise awareness about his case. Kim says she really believes in his innocence, but uh, the kids are ready to have dinner. So the conversation ends. So we were able to get in what Kim is going to be doing in the future. We got those in and now the kids get to eat. Now we cut to a new scene with Chris. He's right. She's uh, Chris is riding passenger while Corey drives. He's like, yeah, I'm going to drive Chris Jenna. Chris says 2023 is the year of saying yes to only things she really wants to do. And Corey's like, does that mean butt stuff? He doesn't say that, but wouldn't it be funny if he did? Um, and she says yes to date night with Corey. She usually goes to bed at 7 p.m. And that's ain't, that's not fun for anyone. And Corey's like, we're always dating. I date you every day, Chris. Calm down, Corey. Like, stop living in Chris Jenner's asshole. Are you kidding? Where I date you every day? Calm down, dude. My God. Like, this, you know, when you're a Kardashian, it's like you, you kiss their ass to their faces. And when the camera's up and then when the cameras are down, you cheat on them like hell. I don't, I, by the way, I'm not saying that with Corey. I'm just, anyway. producers asked Chris, did you know this was going to be a, going to be special when you met Corey? And she's like, Chris is like, I think that everything happens for a reason. Nobody wants to believe that, you know, they're doing something that doesn't have a happy ending. No pun intended. Sorry, mom. What's wrong with me? And the producer goes, nothing. You're perfection. Producers kissing her ass too. But also, did she make a happy ending? Like a masturbation massage joke? in the middle of trying to explain about like why we want things to be happy. Fucking wild. Anyways, back to the car. And Corey's like, Chris, do you remember our first kiss? And Chris's like, I don't. And she's like, uh, was it in the backyard? And then in Paris? And Corey's like, 
You want to know the good news? I don't remember either. <laughs> and Chris is like, you're such an asshole. Get out of the car. No. It's like, you're such an asshole. I thought it was at my house after Casa Vega. And she's like, he's like, no, baby, we were already hooking up by Casa Vega. And Chris is like, what? Wow, I'm such a hoe. They arrive at the famous restaurant, Giorgio Baldi in Santa Monica. They park in front, paparazzi are out there. And Chris is like, how did they know we were going to be here? I'm like, oh my God, stop acting like this is your first week of being a celebrity. Anyways, they've been going here for years. Iconic restaurant. In fact, Justin Bieber and Haley Bieber just went there last week. I've never been to this restaurant. I wonder if they would let me in. If I wore my old Navy finest, ugh, I bet. I bet. I wonder if the food really is good there or if it's just one of those like, we're at Giorgio Baldi. Chris says, I love going on date night so we can have a little privacy. And Corey goes, yeah, so we can boink. And Chris is like, boink? Where did that come from? And Corey's like, I don't know. I just made it up. You didn't make up boink, Corey. I've been saying boink for decades. Did you boinker? Are you, you didn't make a boink. Corey's going to try to trademark boink. I got a trademark boink before Corey Gamble trademarks boink. Uh, Chris is like, is that sexual boink? I don't think you should ever say it to me. I want a boink. And then she goes, we could have like sex on the beach. Remember that drink, Corey? Sex on the beach. And you could walk up to somebody and go, you want a sex on the beach? And Corey gives her a look like, huh? Like also Corey is much younger than Chris. So <laughs> Corey's like, what? What are you? What are you talking? What are you talking about? What? Are, I mean, I know Red Bull Vodka's. Chris is like, do you want to try a sex on the beach? And Corey's like, we did that. Well, not on this beach, but we did it in the Maldives. And Chris is like, yeah, we did. Burn the Maldives down, everybody. It's filthy over there now. Corey goes, not in LA County. I'm not into that one. Here, we'll get canceled. And Chris goes, we'll get arrested. God, just imagine the fucking, they're just finger banging everywhere around Los Angeles. You thought Travis and Courtney was bad. This Corey, Chris thing, my God behave yourselves in a confessional chris tells us there's nothing wrong with being spicy i love keeping things fresh <laughs> i'm wearing a butt plug Corey says that he was speaking with tristan the other day and he goes i'm still hoping those kids can figure it out because it's really good how them being under the same roof there was some life in there and i don't know how that's going to adapt when it's just her and those walls and those babies and you tell like chris is like listening and kind of a green about that and this is just a gigantic red flag Corey. what the fuck dude what the fuck no you don't just because there's life in there we've got to let a serial cheater like yeah i hope they can work it out even though he's done this multiple times and we'll probably continue to do this because he just says the same thing again and again but yeah there seemed to be some life in there and she's like and to help take care of the babies are you are you out of your mind they have nannies core like there's that those babies are so well taken care of period tuh. what this is the sh this is what shit like oh this is so the patriarchy man Corey's like I hope these kids can work no you should hope they don't you should hope that they can have a healthy co-parenting relationship when they're both in their own houses and call it a day and he can still be your buddy and Chris says they're great at co-parenting and Corey says that's what makes the situation so unfortunate because every kid doesn't have that Corey. They can still be great co-parents without being each other's boink buddy, okay? And Chris goes, he's such a great dad, and she's such a great mom. And Corey goes, you should have one more talk with her because life is so short. 
Corey, just eat your free food. Eat your free food. Eat the food that Chris is providing for you. And just that's a wrap. Anyways, Chris tells us the family is important to Corey and that he cares a lot for Chloe. She says Tristan and Chloe's situation is very complicated when you look at it from the outside. And who knows what's going to happen with Chloe and Tristan? I think that's for them to work out. I don't have a crystal ball. (laughs) I have bought a crystal ball. I bought all of them. And now I'm going to make this work. You can just, I mean, it's like the amount of pressure also probably Chloe feels from within her own circle to give this bozo another shot. Like she keeps saying they're not together and maybe they aren't at this time, but it's like, it just, it's like headed in that direction. Anyways, we finish up this dinner with Chris letting Corey know that she got a call from Megan trainers manager and says that Megan has a song called I am your mother and wants Chris to star in the music video. And Corey's like, Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, do it. And then he goes, yeah, but don't wear see-through clothes. I don't know what's happening in videos these days. Like Corey acts like he's 20 years older than Chris Jenner. Like, what? yeah, yeah. We're going to do crotchless panties for Chris Jenner and the I am your mother video. Like MTV, it doesn't show music videos anymore. You're just going to have to blur out a big Chris Jenner bush on I am your mother. And Chris is like, I'd ordinarily pass, but I think this could be fun. And this is the year of Chris only saying yes to things that I really want to do. I'm going to say it's a hard yes. And then they feed each other desserts. Okay, now we're at Kim. She's in an Uber, which I'm like, I wonder if she's like, wait, is Kim really in an Uber? She gives a like, what? Like it's hard from Legally Blonde. She says that going to Harvard is a holy shit bucket list moment, but she has pressure of wanting to make sure she can actually teach these students something. And she's teaching uh, camera angles with Ray J. I'm joking. I'm joking. It would be interesting if they did a really intense, like I remember when Chris did the master class and I was joking about that of going like, wouldn't it be great if Chris Jenner taught us what it's like to like potentially talk your your daughters into filming uh you know uh a sexy video and then leaking it to the internet if that ever happened um in a lecture hall at harvard we meet leonard schlesinger the business professor who will be leading this class he says kim's history as an influencer and how she got skims plus how it's different than anything else she's done is what would be most interesting to the class Business school executive Matt Higgins says a student asked her about imposter syndrome and says the students are interested in her self-esteem. And Kim tells us she can't believe she's doing this and she is so nervous, you guys. As they go in, the professor says, keeping up with the Harvard Business School. That's the class title. They shut the door because the cameras couldn't go into the lecture hall. I read a little bit about this, that it's a very sacred institution and they didn't want the class filmed. But Kim tells us that it went great. It was a fascinating class. We see the class taking pictures of Kim and she tells them she's sending them all skims. That will make up for the $80,000 it costs to go to Harvard every semester. And then we see a little bit of the Q&A with the students and Kim says, it's so important to film things like this for my show because that's what the audience will see instead of me fighting with my sisters over something stupid. And Matt Higgins says, is it intentional that you're not sharing this version of Kim? That is an incredible thought leader and business leader and founder. Okay, Matt, everybody needs to stop kissing all of their asses so intensely. Kim goes, I think that's why like we push to even have the cameras in places where people typically wouldn't have cameras because I want to show that side. And Matt goes, okay, so I'll give you feedback. As a first-time consumer of this Kim Kardashian, that your level of insight and conviction, the thoughtfulness, is on par with the best consumer CPOs. And Kim looks at the camera and goes, did you hear that? Ha, 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 did you hear that? In a confessional, Kim says, I just have legit imposter syndrome. 
and it keeps me humble. And that's why I work so hard. It keeps me in check. And she also, um, this, now we go to the student. The student asks a question with so much success, what drives you to continue pursuing new business opportunities? And Kim goes, I should say, thanks, Courtney. That's exactly what Courtney harasses me for all the time. She's like, why, what drives do you want to do this? And I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer to that, but I just love working. I love that she was able to throw Courtney under the bus. Like she's like just rolling over Courtney, backing over Courtney, rolling over Courtney. Like everybody say it with me, all you Harvard students. I'm going to add you to the not Courtney text thread. She sucks. She drives me to want to be a 10 billionaire person. Come on. Anyway, she talks about launching the brand, the Megan Fox, Courtney Kardashian ad campaign, how it's so exciting, so fast. And I truly believe now, remember Kim is a co-owner of skims. Um, you can look all of this up and it's, it's really kind of fascinating. I was reading an article about it today and it is trying to find, I had it set aside here. Let, let me, let me find these old notes, Apple news. Cause it's co-owned by three people and it was started. Let me go here. So it was start. Ah, wish I could pause this anyways. It, oh yeah. Okay. It was started by the power couple Jens and Emma greed G R E D E. I'm probably butchering the name. Emma has been on there before, but they own multiple companies. Also, they are owners in, uh, Chloe's good American Chris Jenner's cleaning products brand safely and Tom Brady's apparel brand Brady, which then kind of makes it like that Tom Brady, Kim Kardashian connection come into focus. But, uh, Jean, uh, the Swedish entrepreneur founded the denim brand frame in 2012 and he became a multimillion dollar company, that company. He then co-founded skims with Kim Kardashian and the company's CEO, his wife, Emma is also founding partner and chief product officer, but the greed seemed to really have gotten this ball rolling. But Kim, I do believe probably puts a, an insane amount of work. And I really would be curious what her day to day is, but I also think she makes it her business to be a part of every part of this. I could be wrong. And I will say, I'm really excited. They are going to launch a menswear version of skims and I will try it. I, I hear it's a great product. That's what it really has to be a great product for it to surpass. Cause sometimes the Kardashian can, uh, Kardashian brand can help, but it can also hurt at times or it has in the past. And this, if you make a good product, if you do something good, that really shuts people up. It starts to shut people up. But anyways, Another girl is like, oh my God, Kim, thank you so much because you make it like, so I can also wear glam as a businesswoman. So I love that that was in here too, of like, you make me confident to like wear makeup in class. Oh my God. I mean, but it's true to this woman and it's true to a degree. Like you can be a boss bitch and look great and sexy. And she talks about going to the white house and she had just posted a bikini photo and you know, she was worried about that, but that's just who she is, who they are. It's all in, you know, and how this brand is all inclusive, be who you want to be, highlight the person you are. It's for all shapes and sizes, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, she just wants to keep growing. She wants to do things that are outside of her comfort zone, things that we've heard a million times, but we're hearing Kim Kardashian say it. So it's special. Okay. Now we get out of that and Chloe goes out of her car in all black and they're at the century city mall to the first good American retail star retail store, which is, I guess, pretty far from opening still. 
Chloe tells Good American CEO Emma Greed, who we were just talking about, how she got her ears pierced at Century City Mall when she was a kid, and she'll never get another piercing again. And Chris had to drag her back in to get the second one done. Chloe says Kim and Courtney as teenagers would call guys and meet them at the mall and then stand them up and take a Polaroid, which were in an album. God, they were cruel even as teenagers. Courtney still remembers the phone number. Like, I guess there was like this party line number. And in a confessional, this is the only time Courtney's in this episode. Kim asked Courtney, she's like, Courtney, do you remember the party line number from when we would call and prank everybody? And Courtney remembers the number. And is like, yeah, I haven't memorized. Here it is. And she's like, do you want to call it with me? And Courtney's like, no, got to go. And Kim pranks this guy on the line and she's like pretending to be like Samantha. She's like, hi, it's Samantha. Where are you located? Like trying to flirt with this guy. She does it pretty good, actually. Anyways, back at Good American, CEO Emma shows Chloe the floor plan. We're big business, guys. This is succession. Emma says they're over over budget, over time, trying to open four stores at once and they're nowhere close. Their new soft launch date is in May. And in a confessional, Chloe's like, I feel like no matter where I turn, there's stress after stress, problem after problem, which is obviously adulting. Nobody warned you about this when you were young. Sorry, kids. Don't worry, kids. None of us will be billionaires like any of these people. It's you don't have to worry about this. I will say, though, at this point, is there one Kardashian besides Rob that's like, I literally want to cash out like Chloe? What? Chloe's what? Worth 200 million, maybe 300 million. Like Chloe's like, you know what? That's good. You know, I can make that last the rest of our lives. You know what? I'm going to call it a day. I'm going to call it a day and just close out, close out. Just say, I want to watch Netflix for the rest of my life and try to read, you know, like why keep going? I mean, this drive that they have, it just, it just feels like this just perpetuates more trying to get more, more, more. Anyways, they're saying nothing is on track due to the supply chain crisis, Chloe's goal is to open 50 or so stores, but we'll see how opening the first three goes this year. Chloe says she's triggered from her dash days. Chloe says work is typically my release because my home is so stressful. I just have so many things going on. I like to get out and go to work just to distract myself. But right now, getting the store up and going is so, so stressful. What else could really happen? Emma says that she'll be happy as long as the stores are open by the end of the year. I like this and it's very uh, not connected to any sort of reality because I like Chloe works for fun. I work to get away from the stress of my home life. I work to get away from the images of Tristan cheating on me and getting caught so many times. Okay, we cut over to Kim. She's on the plane now to go to Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, where I was born for the case uh, uh, of this gentleman, Kevin, who's also Kim knows how to like monopolize this time of like, I'm going to free this prisoner, but he's also the subject of my Spotify podcast. And we see footage of Kim talking to Kevin over Zoom during her podcast. And this is actually a really emotional story we get to hear about him. And I suggest if you want to know more about it, to listen to her podcast potentially and find out more. But uh, I do admire the work that Kim does and also remind people that she doesn't have to do this work. Of course, it does make her look good, but I hope that she truly is doing this out of really the right reasons. And I think she is. I do. Uh, But she's speaking at this panel with Kevin's family and influential people in Ohio. Uh, They'll be in attendance. It's for the Ohio Innocence Project. And we see Kim welcome to the stage. And the moderator asks Kim why she got involved with Kevin's case. And Kim says, the core of everything of how I really connected was seeing a family so connected. And we get a flashback to the Zoom podcast where Kevin talks about his children and his grandchildren that he misses the most. 
And she's like, I wanted to highlight and showcase that it's not about one person. This is an entire family's life who got completely ripped apart over this decision. And it is, it is. I think that is the right way to go. Uh, It actually did make me curious to listen to this podcast. And I was wondering why it wasn't promoted even more heavily, I guess, at the time. And maybe they were planning on releasing this earlier. Usually the Kardashians are pretty good at lining up the show with launch dates. So I don't know. Maybe you guys have all listened. I have not. So I should rectify that. But this is a good thing. And we will see what happens. Uh, Now Kim is on her way to meet Kevin for the first time. Cameras, once again, not allowed. They're not allowed to Harvard. And they're not allowed at prison at the Marion Correctional Institution. Wouldn't it be great? Jen Shaw's like, Kim, free me. Free me, Kim. I've been, I've been, Kim's like, I have been reached out to by Coach Shaw and the Shaw Squad to try to rectify the false imprisonment of Jennifer Shaw. Anyway, we see old um, conversations of Kevin with Kim where he's crying on the call. And Kim's like, there's a lot of people that love and support you. We're not going to stop fighting for you. And he's like, I really appreciate you. Anyways, um, Kim tells us that seeing Kevin face to face was amazing. He's been sitting here telling his story and fighting for his life for 28 years inside this prison. It was really nice to know that I've been fighting for this person that I've really believed I've been fighting for. I got to meet him and know that he was the person that, that I thought he was to really look him in the eyes and to really understand that's just the best feeling. Now she's on the phone with Chloe on the car ride back, telling her how she thinks Kevin just had a, had fun talking to her. And it's like, yeah, man, you're a Kardashian. I'm sure he was fucking on cloud nine. Chloe says she can't even imagine and asks what she's Chloe's like, I can't even imagine. Oh my God. We're trying to launch three good American stores. So I get it. Anyways, ask Kim what the next steps are. And Kim doesn't know they have to get the governor. Chloe says Kim is a woman who wears many hats. Yeah. Producers goes, give us a little update. And Kim goes, some really things have happened. Some good things have happened. Yesterday, we got noticed that we're getting a hearing in front of the governor, which is like unheard of. So it did really work. And producer goes, possible parole even? She's like, yeah, that's what the hearing's about. And producer goes, that's amazing because he's supposed to be in there for life. That's incredible, Kim. And it is incredible. Truly. That's incredible. No jokes here. But what we can joke about is this next scene where Chris is on the set of Megan Trainer's music video. She's wearing a blonde wig a la Marilyn Monroe, a white gown with white gloves. She puts on diamonds. You know, Corey's like, yeah, take the wig home tonight. We'll do role play. Yeah, I want to get that blonde booty. Chris tells us that she said yes because it's fun, glamorous in Hollywood. She hopes she can live up to Megan's expectations and doesn't want to let her down. Uh, Charm LaDonna, the video director and choreographer, gives out instructions. Chris comes out from behind White Feathers and mouths along with the lyrics. She's killing it. She says, this is beautiful, but it's hard. It's not as easy as it looks. She nails every take, folks, and everybody cheers. This reminds me a lot of Chris Jenner's iconic 80s, 80s video. I love my friends. I love him. Remember Chris Jenner? They did the I love my friends video where Chris Jenner, you can find this on YouTube too, where she's like, it was to Randy Newman's I love LA and Chris Jenner's like, I love my friends. We love them. I love going to La Scala with my friends Spago on Friday nights, play racquetball. We love it. <laughs> Anyways, everybody's kissing Chris's ass. She did amazing. She does actually kill in this vid- music video. She is great. I mean, Chris loves this shit. Are you kidding me? Um, Chris is like, 
can you imagine like if I told Kim I'm doing a music video, she would have gone, what? Because she didn't tell her. And Sheila says, Sheila Azoff, who is Irving Azoff's wife. And if you don't know who Irving Azoff, he's like one of the biggest Mount Rushmore of music industry people. Shelly's like, I told her. And Chris is like, you did? And then Chris FaceTimes Kim. And Chris is like, singing and dancing, honey. This is what your mother does on a Saturday. In a confessional, Kim says at first, she was like, oh my God, this is going to be so embarrassing. And she won't know what she's doing. But then she killed it in life. You just have to have fun. And you have to try new things. And why not? You guys know that my secret theory is that Kim will eventually replace Kris Jenner one day. And it's Chris isn't going to go pretty. Like It'll be a day where Kim's like, I'm going to need you to come to my mansion at 5 p.m. today. And Chris will drive over there. And Kim's like, I just want you to know, as of 6 p.m. tonight, I will now own 90% in all Kardashian family members. You are no longer needed. You will get, be getting a monthly paycheck and it is time to retire. Like, I really believe that will happen one day. Anyways, the producer in her talking head goes, what else is Kris Jenner saying yes to this season? And uh, uh, Chris is like, well, stay tuned. <laughs> Anyways, we're at the final scene of this godforsaken show and Chloe and Tristan are at home and they're looking at baby pictures of Tristan trying to figure out where it all went wrong. In a confessional, Chloe goes, I'm not naive to the fact that my ex-boyfriend is living in my house and that we're in really sensitive times. Tristan is in the very fresh stages of grieving, but without me being an asshole all the time, I still just want to make sure the boundaries are set, that they're in place, and that there's just full transparency and honesty, and the pair sits down. And I love this. I love Chloe being open. I want to believe this scene so deeply. And Chloe's like, well, what's going on in your house? Because you're going to have to eventually go back there, right? And Tristan's like, uh, yeah, um... As of right now, the roof is still intact. And Chloe's like, I have a feeling you're over there poking little holes in the ceiling. Like, get more flood damage so you're here longer. And Tristan's like, uh, yeah, I'm literally like taking cinder blocks and like throwing it on my roof at night. <laughs> He's LOLing, but it's like, yeah, he probably is doing that. And Chloe's like, I'm sure you are. So uh, what's happening? Uh, well, right now, Chloe, it's literally like a bunch of construction going on. I can't wait for you to see the finished product. And Chloe's like, trust me, I can't wait to see the finished product either. So she's being tough. And Tristan's like, I get it. Trust me. I know. I know. There's nothing like your own space to a degree. And Chloe goes, not to a degree, just period. Yeah. Yeah. And Chloe's like, I still need my space. I still love being alone. And Chris is like, yeah, yeah. But I was a great house guest. And Chloe's like, you are. Yeah, you're super helpful. You're great with the kids. Trust me. I appreciate it. Tristan's like, did you not talk to Corey yet? Did they not pressure you yet? In a confessional, Chloe says, I never want to be someone that anyone can accuse that I misled them when it comes to love. I think I'm so adamant about that because I've been on the receiving end of it. And I just don't think love is something you play with. And Tristan's like, seriously, though, thank you for allowing me to crash here while my roof crashed to the floor. Chloe's like, you're welcome. Are you working next week for ESPN? And he's like, yeah, I'm on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. And Chloe's like, nice. Doing live TV is really hard to be natural and listen and not cheat. No, she goes, to be natural and listen and still not be nervous and not say anything inappropriate, raunchy or whatever, and go into professional mode. And Tristan goes, that's the one thing I think is bad about sports. We're groomed to be like so tough with a fuck you mentality. We're in a competition and I feel so many people that it's like a dog eat dog world. And it wasn't until I really had to look at myself and was like, had to hold myself accountable. We're taught, be the man, do what you please, bros over hoes, all those stupid words like bro. The guy who probably made the, that is probably the biggest. And Chloe goes, loser. 
And he's like, yeah, you got to just be like your own man and don't care what people think and don't care what you need to get validation from others. This all sounds great, Tristan. Like what a, what an amazing thing to say that you've never actually put into practice. And then he's like, true's understanding stuff. Prince understands stuff. When they go to school and they have classmates, like the last thing I ever want them to do is feel embarrassed that I'm their father. I think going down this journey that I've been on right now, especially with what happened to my mom, I always ask myself, like, why do certain things to hurt certain people? I think the thing that always sticks to my mind, it's like, I know how much I care about you. I know how much I love you. You're my best friend. How come I meet my person? How come I've met my person and I've done so many wrong things to them? Like, why put you through that? These are all questions that Tristan shouldn't be asking Chloe. Like he should ask himself and do that work and not put Chloe in harm's way. And a confessional, a producer asks, Chloe, is it hard for you to hear that you're his person? And Chloe goes, I'm his person. I'm not saying I don't believe him, but I've heard this. And of course it's angered me before because it's like, if I'm fucking M, then why have you treated me this way? And how many times this isn't a one-time thing. And here we are. I love love. I'm a hopeless romantic, but that's not going to change how I feel and what happened. I hope to God she means this. Tristan tells Chloe, Chloe, he appreciates her. Chloe says they are family. They are not of They are not a family of an eye for an eye, especially in times of need. She wants to be good for the lifetimes after this. She wants good karma. I mean, that's just a really great way to look at things that a lot of people can't achieve. I I, 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 I can't achieve that. Chloe says, I'm not justifying anything you've done. Obviously, everything you've done is, Trisha goes, it was my decision. And Chloe's like, it was fucked up. And I'm strong enough that it's not going to break me. And God knows that. But also... Tristan, if what you say is true, if you really thought I was your person or whatever you said, then that means you would feel this much. You would feel this and you would be much more affected by losing me. And you would want to change for yourself, not because there's a prize at the end of it. We're going to be in each other's lives for the rest of each other's lives because of our kids. So I'm not going to fight that. I'm going to make sure it's as nice as possible for me. Damn, this is so responsible. In a confessional, Chloe asks why that happened between them. Oh, Chloe says what happened between them was not some small little incident. It was a massive situation that really was very traumatic. Sorry, traumatic experience for me in my life. So I'm not going to forget it, but I'm so proud that I'm able to be kind and mature and show my children that mommy and daddy can coexist and be co-parents. I'm able to be here for him when he's in his time of need. Someone that I did not even really want to look at just a couple months ago. I have living under my, I, I have living under my roof. Just reading that out loud. Just like, God, you didn't have to go that far. But she says, I lost a parent. I don't wish that on anybody. I don't care what you did to me. This is something beyond my pain. My moral compass is saying for me to be a good person and be supportive when somebody is in need. So everyone, you do what your moral compass says. I'm going to do what mine says. And then Tristan in the scene goes, you've done more than most humans could ever do, but it shows how pure and great your soul is and how much you don't want bad energy. You want everybody to be happy and be in a good place. And obviously you do it for our children too. And for yourself, like who wants, and Chloe goes, just for everyone. You're a good person at your core. That's why I was with you. Everyone has some dumb shit in their life. Just not everyone does it on a public platform, which sucks. But just like you can do dumb shit publicly, you can do incredible shit publicly. My mom, all of us, we're always rooting for you. We always want the best for you. We believe in you as a person. We've always all believed what a great person you can can be. And just remember, you're not your past. Your past doesn't define you. And just moving forward, hold yourself in a way that you will be proud of. Or if your kids read something about you, you're going to be proud of that. Your legacy and what you want to leave behind is way greater than what the world has been exposed to. And Chloe tells us that her plans to help Tristan get settled in his home. And then for him and I to be good co-parenters, I don't really have plans. I haven't thought about anything, she says. And Tristan's like, just got to be the best version of myself and make mommy proud. That's what it's all about. She's still above watching us. And Chloe goes, she is proud of you. She is. 
because you're close to get, getting Chloe back. Listen, I don't know. I want to believe that scene. Chloe seems so strong and so self-actualized. And that scene was so well-written. I, I mean, I'm not saying it was written, but it's like, holy shit, she got so much information out and really stuck to her guns. I really want to believe in the reality of that scene. Who knows, though? Who knows? And life is long. They will be in each other's lives forever. But, and and I, my heart does go out to Tristan, uh, you know, obviously because of his mom and Amari, but he did do some just real stupid shit. A lot of us men, we do stupid shit. We really do. And it's, it's, it's just a tough, tough situation. Anywho, that's not, that's not our faults. We can live to party another day. We're not Tristan Thompson. Stop sleeping with Tristan Thompson, folks. You can buy the t-shirt. So bad. It's good. Merch.com. Um, I love you guys. I'll talk to you on Wednesday for another show. Have the best Tuesday that you can pray peace. Don't hate. And, uh, I'll talk to you. So bad. It's good. Is a betches media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales, Pico and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com and follow the show at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.